You are listening to Living for the Cinema with Jeff Gershon. I am a cinema enthusiast of all genres, here to discuss with you one film every episode. The good, the bad, and the ugly of what makes each film unique. And just as a warning, these films might be in theaters now, or they may be from 10, 20, 30 years ago. But regardless, there's a strong possibility that I will be revealing spoilers. I might give away the plot or the ending in this review, so just be warned. We are here to discuss Training Day, which came out in 2001 and was directed by Antoine Fuqua. In the next 24 hours, the only thing more dangerous than the line being crossed... Today's a training day, Officer Hoyt. Good chance to give you a little taste of reality. You think you can handle it? ...is the cop who has crossed it. I will do anything you want me to do. Will you? Let's see. If I was a dealer, you'd be dead by now. because of me. Judges have handed out over 15,000 man years of incarceration time based on my investigation. You got today and today only to show me who and what you're made of. You hear me? (laughs) (laughs) You never know. That's the point. It stars Denzel Washington, Ethan Hawke, Scott Glenn, Cliff Curtis, and Eva Mendez. And the genre would be crime drama. Now, this film is about to turn 20. And I remember first seeing it in theaters when it came out and being quite pumped to see Denzel go rogue as a cop. And I also remember leaving the theater feeling a bit disappointed. Maybe I just wasn't ready to see my favorite actor play such an irredeemable villain. Or maybe I just didn't buy the overall premise for the film. I don't know. It just left me cold upon first viewing. And I've rewatched it a few times since then. And it's gotten a bit better. Clearly, this film now has a devoted following, much of it due to Denzel's histrionic performance as Detective Alonzo Harris, which won him the Best Actor Oscar that year. Ethan Hawke is playing, though, the actual protagonist of the story, Jake Hoyt, who ends up undergoing a very twisted trial by fire on this day, learning the L.A. narcotics beat from veteran Detective Alonzo. Both actors are actually very good. There's a nice mixture of chemistry and tension there. Tell me a story. Hoyt. Like my story? No, not your story. A story. Since you can't keep your mouth shut long enough for me to read my paper, tell me a story. I don't think I know any stories. You don't know any stories? No. All right, I'll tell you a story. This is a newspaper, right? It's 90% bullshit. But it's entertaining. That's why I read it, because it entertains me. You won't let me read it. So you entertain me with your bullshit. Tell me a story right now. Go. Well, there was a DUI stop. A DUI stop. Wow, let me load up my guns. A DUI? Oh, shit. And Denzel does have his share of signature moments, which truly make the film memorable, of course. This film is like an acting showcase for him, especially when you see him shifting strategy to manipulate Hawk's Jake. My personal favorite example of this has to be the sequence more than halfway through when Alonzo brings his crew and Jake to nab slash shake down Scott Glenn's Roger who was introduced earlier in the film as just an old cop friend of Alonzo's who's now retired and apparently has become a top-level drug dealer. The way his Alonzo plays this room, mainly Jake and Roger, of course, to manipulate things so that they not only take Roger for all of his millions in drug money, but then just flat-out murder him. The way he shifts from intimidating Jake right into trying to placate him feels both organic and deceptive. Now, by this point, we already know that Alonzo is a full-on villain 
who is out to nab a significant amount of cash to pay off Russian mobsters who want to have him killed by the end of this day, the training day. But we don't know if he really sees Jake as a potential ally or scapegoat for this particular murder. And as a director, Antoine Fuqua is really showing some chops here as he shifts the lighting on Denzel's face at different points during the scene just to help visualize the knife's edge of trust that he's conveying. It's truly a great sequence. This motherfucker's a fed, man. He ain't no fed. He's just a quiet boy with a heart that got the drop on all you fools. Listen, everybody just take a deep breath and just defuse this thing. You hear me, Jake? You can't pull this shit on me, man. I didn't sign up for this. Okay, okay, I know you're angry. Everybody, put your guns down. Hell no. No, 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 no. Quiet boy first. Hey, listen to me. Put the guns down. That's an order. Put them down. Use your ears and you hear me, Jake. Sometimes we got to take this shit all away. It's not like we do this every day, all right? It's just the nature of the business. And no one will ever ask you again to pull the trigger if you don't want to, all right? And after that, the story takes us to what I believe is the standout scene for Ethan Hawke. Probably the one that earned him his Oscar nomination, though unfortunately he didn't win. Alonzo takes him to see three gang members to babysit him, basically, who are led by Cliff Curtis's Smiley. And after Alonzo ducks out secretly, they clearly have more nefarious plans for Jake. The three are already sitting down playing poker. They invite Jake to join. And then what happens next is just a masterclass in building tension. We watch a Smiley, along with Moreno, played by Noel Guglielmi, and Sniper, played by Raymond Cruz. They just ratchet up the intimidation tactics to the point where Jake is probably becoming unnerved about more than just being killed at this point. And we not only see it in Hawk's face, we feel it ourselves. It is such an uncomfortable scene for two reasons. One, because each actor is just killing it, especially Cliff Curtis. And two, because it also really pushes the boundaries of Latino gang stereotypes. Now, I'm not going to lie in that I've always been a little bit torn about this sequence. Is it just too much or does it serve a real purpose? I lean towards the latter because the acting is just so good. Whatever Cliff Curtis is doing to deepen his voice, I know that is not remotely how the real actor sounds, nor is he Latino for that matter. But damn if it just doesn't have the desired effect. Hey, pig, you ever had your shit pushed in? <laughs> your shit pushed in. Simple question. Nah? No. Had my shit pushed in. Oh, yeah, man. I had my shit pushed in, bro. Big time. Smiley? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I always get love from the homies. You guys fucked him up, eh? Get the girls next door. Jimmo, get the fuck out of here. Oh! Fucked up. You under arrest, bitch, for being a hood up cop. Dogging me in the mouth of my own pair. And the way Hawk is reacting to all of this is intense, though never over the top. By this point in the movie, he has built up a reservoir of intelligence with this character so that we believe it when he figures out how to just get out of this situation alive. And then for the remainder of the movie, as we see the inevitable showdown between Alonzo and Jake, the film pretty much becomes the Denzel show. The problem is that the writing just isn't completely there, nor is the direction for that matter. This last sequence goes on for way too long. Most of the dialogue given to Hawk is pure hero cop cliché. What you do? You gonna jack me now? You gonna take my own money from me? Huh? I told you that's my evidence. You wanna go to jail? You wanna go home? Give me the money. Let me go home. Let me go home, Jay. That's right. Go for it, Jay. 
You don't deserve this. The action involved becomes too over the top to be taken seriously. And sorry, but just the sight of all these folks on this particular neighborhood street just standing there watching Denzel's Alonzo give his big speech while they do nothing, it just feels so stagey. He has to go full-on Pacino at the end of Scarface. You disloyal, fool-ass, bitch-made punk. Jay! I need my money! You think you can do this to me? You motherfuckers will be playing basketball in Pelican Bay when I get finished with you. Shoe program, nigga. 23-hour lockdown. I'm the man up in this piece. You'll never see the light of day. Who the fuck you think you fucking with? I'm the police. I run shit here. You just live here. Yeah, that's right. You better walk away. Go and walk away because I'm going to burn this motherfucker down. King Kong ain't got shit on me. And here's the thing about Scarface. I also find that film very entertaining, especially Pacino's lead performance. But while it can be a fun watch and highly quotable, I never really buy what's happening. And that's pretty much my main issue with Training Day, which is a film that really seems to be aiming for gritty realism. By the time we get to the third act, it just ceases to feel remotely real, nor to even have much in the way of actual stakes. Now, I know I'm in the extreme minority on this one, and I'm glad Denzel received a much-deserved Best Actor Oscar for this. But sorry, I don't feel like his performance here is even within his top 10 overall. No way. Malcolm X, Mo Better Blues, Crimson Tide, Glory, Roman J. Israel Esquire, The Hurricane, Devil in a Blue Dress, Fences, Man on Fire, Courage Under Fire, hell, even a wispy little gem like The Mighty Quinn, where we get to hear Denzel attempt, and pretty successfully, I might add, a Jamaican accent. He gives more layered performances in all of these films, and they happen to be tighter films than Training Day. Which brings me to Fuqua as a director. Now, I don't think he's ever made a bad movie per se, but I also cannot recall a film of his that did not feel at least 20 minutes too long. And he stretches the third act here to the point where not only did I not particularly care about the whole Russian mob subplot, it just felt more like an afterthought by the time it got resolved. So overall, this film remains a mixed bag for me. It's worth watching just for Denzel and Hawk alone, along with some standout moments from other actors, but it's just not a completely satisfying experience. And that brings me to the categories. The first category would be Best Needle Drop. This is the best song cue or piece of score used throughout the runtime of the film, because music is essential to film. Now, even though I have never been much of a fan of West Coast hip-hop, there is some catchy-ass stuff on the soundtrack for this movie. And some of it is used pretty well as a backdrop for what we see. Never more so than the scene where Alonzo is taking Jake to the home of the local gang members, led by Cliff Curtis's Smiley. They're just stopping by with the ruse that Alonzo is delivering them some nice kitchen appliances as a peace offering. But unbeknownst to Jake, he's going to be left there to be killed by them, which was arranged by Alonzo. As they're walking across the lawn and up the stairs to this place, we hear the sinister sounds of Cypress Hill's Rock Superstar, which is from their fifth album, Skull and Bones, which was released the year before. Now, we don't hear too much of the song, but just enough to get that sense of dread, as if Jake is being led somewhere that he is not ready for, nor the audience for that matter. The whole hook throughout the song just gives off the perfect vibe with a steady, foreboding melody made up of percussive low strings and synthesized bells. Mm -hmm. 
That brings me to the next category, which would be the wasted talent, most underutilized talent involved with the film. <sighs> wow, I hate for this to be a running motif for this category, but after giving this to Jimmy Smith just a week and a half ago for playing a cliche drug dealer role, it pains me to now give this to another Latino actor who is apparently saddled with a stereotypical role in this movie, and that would be Eva Mendez. Now granted, this was early in her career. A couple of years later, she would break out in Too Fast, Too Furious, and even with a much meatier role co-starring with Denzel again in Out of Time. And granted, she is a very stunning actress. So we have seen her in very few roles even since then that haven't played on her looks. That said, she plays Alonzo's mistress on the side, who he apparently has had a son with. And while we do get an immediate sense that she's really just looking out for her son during some dicey situations, Mendez really isn't given more to do than just serve food to Hawk's character, have audible intercourse in the other room with Denzel's character, and then just stand around naked just as the climax starts. Look, maybe her mere presence serves the story, but how about, how about giving her a few more lines? Now, unfortunately, appearing naked in early roles has become a rite of passage for many a Hollywood actress. But in this instance, it's just not necessary. We could have her clothed. We can give her some more depth. It still serves the purpose of the story. So she's kind of wasted in this movie. That brings me to the next category, which would be the trailer moment. This is the scene or moment that best describes this movie. Now, most of the better moments in Training Day revolve around interactions between Alonzo and Jake, Denzel and Hawk. These two work very well together, and this pretty much ends up being the hook of this movie. Now, my personal favorite would have to be a scene which on paper is kind of ridiculous. But hey, Denzel is taking it to 11 as Alonzo and Hawk, to his credit, is keeping up with him. Relatively early in the film, after busting some teenagers trying to buy drugs, Alonzo insists that Jake take a puff of one of the pipes that he has confiscated. Alonzo's impetus is that if you're going to bust folks dealing narcotics, it's also essential that you have some personal experience with said narcotics. Things get more intense, and let's just say that Jake's training takes a chemical turn from this point on. It's a pretty wild scene, and indicative of what works best and worst for this film overall. That's your trailer moment. Let me see, give me. It's old, too. Shit's probably from last year. To be truly effective, a good narcotics agent must know and love narcotics. In fact, a good narcotics agent should have narcotics in his blood. <laughs> What, are you going to smoke that? Nope, you are. <laughs> Hell if I am. Yeah. Yeah. You not? No. Why, you're a Mormon or something? You're Jesus free? No, man, I'm not losing my job. This is your job. I can't do that. Smoke it. No. This ain't a test. Just take a hit. Take a no, hit. No, man, listen, I became a cop to stop people. Yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. It's not a review board and it ain't cocaine. Take a hit. No, man. Yeah, right. If I was a dealer, you'd be dead by now, motherfucker. You turn shit down on the street, and the chief brings your wife a crisply folded flag. What the fuck is wrong with you? That brings me to the final category. The final category is MVP. This is the person or people who are most responsible for the success of this film. As an avid Denzelit, it pains me that I cannot be more enthusiastic about this film. I've tried. I've, tried. I've watched it several times. It's funny, but going by what I hear through various fan sites for Denzel or podcasts about the actor, most of his diehard fans consider this to be one of their favorites, apparently, and I'm just not in that camp. I guess we're all entitled to have our personal favorites, and for me, this one just isn't among the upper tier of his filmography. That said, of course Denzel is the MVP for this film. His performance as Alonzo Harris is considered by many to be one of the great villain roles of recent years. 
And it's why now, 20 years later, the character seems to have taken on a life of its own. He's quoted in songs, in other pop culture, along the lines of Tony Montana from Scarface, which was Pacino's role, the Joker in The Dark Knight, or Hannibal Lecter from Silence of the Lambs. And as much as I believe Denzel has been much better in several better movies, I get it. This character is fun to watch. You just can't take your eyes off him. He's extremely charismatic, intimidating, funny, often unpredictable, and even on occasion sympathetic. At his core, though, his Alonzo is an evil person who has been abusing his position for way too long. And Denzel's performance never loses sight of that. Therefore, I salute him for just going for it and creating an unforgettable character within a very flawed film. That man was your friend, and you killed him. Like a fly. <laughs> Come on, my friend, huh? Yeah. Tell me why. Because he knows my first name? Son, this is the game. I'm playing his ass. That's my job. That's your job. Roger sold dope to kids. The world is a better place without him. Hey, this man was the biggest major violator in Los Angeles. I watched that cocksucker operate with impunity for over 10 years, and now I got it. The shit's chess. It ain't checkers. My overall rating for Training Day would be two and a half stars out of five. Look, I tried. (laughs) I'm a fan of Denzel. I'm as big a fan as they come. I've watched this film several times. There are some good things about it, but overall for me, it just does not work. It just does not achieve what it sets out to do as far as I'm concerned. But I get why people like it. I get why people enjoy it. And I cannot take away from the performance that Denzel gives, nor the performance that Ethan Hawke gives. And if you want to see Training Day, it's currently streaming on HBO Max. And that ends another instructive review. Please like, subscribe, and share the Living for the Cinema podcast. And follow and like us on Facebook, Instagram, and Letterboxd. And join us next time for another review from Living for the Cinema. Living for the Cinema.